We gonna still have our Christmas party? How the fuck we gonna have a Christmas party with our apartment looking like this? You can't cancel that party, man. What about the hoes we had coming down here? I invited some nice-ass girls and said they gonna fuck for a buck, do something strange for a little piece of change, and I know we gonna make them holler for a dollar. One of them said they was gonna tuck my dick from the back. I ain't never had that ever happen to me. I'm trying to get to see what that be like right there. Look, be that, 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 that. Sir, man, back at it, back at it, man. Uh, this is the Untitled Podcast, man. The favorite podcast, favorite podcast. Um, episode forty, uh, very special episode, man. Uh, got my guy in the building, back friend of the show. Um, hey, uh, give me see, some little sound effects. Let's see, little song. Let's see, gunshot. There we go. Miss Pearly. Don't you worry about it, bitch. I know somebody Pearly. like it. all that good shit, man. Um, and uh, also joined by a surprise guest, um, <laughs> uh, young Steph himself. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, if y'all y'all gotta really see how this nigga Steph is sitting, bro, this nigga really feel like he on the Breakfast Club. <laughs> like, nigga got his feet up. Nigga adjusting mics. And the shit. man is dressed like, for the occasion. This, this is right? this is officially the Steph and show, y'all. I'm just I'm just here. To, I'm just here to provide. Um, commentary and hey, man, the good vibes uh, are welcome. Hey, man, welcome. I appreciate y'all boys showing up and coming on anytime, um, man. Once anytime. Again, uh, once again, so here we are, man. Episode 40 um, of the Untitled Podcast. Uh, already want to appreciate everybody listening for the first time and those fucking with us for the last time. Thank you all, too. Um, uh, special Christmas episode. We what about hell with this drop? We're gonna be three weeks away from Christmas, right? Out of Thanksgiving, yeah. Um, y'all got Thanksgiving plans. Um, I'm ready to see everybody. Okay, for Thanksgiving, Little I think Friendsgiving that's, action. That's, that's dope. Yeah, Friendsgiving in the city is always good when everybody can get back together. Since I, I feel like our core group has kind of dispersed somewhat, so it's good to have everybody back together. That's I'm just ready for some seafood dressing. That's all I'm ready for. Okay. That's all niggas eat is dressing, man. Y'all niggas really like that shit. Yes, I'm on my dressing go crazy. Somebody said if you don't like dressings because your mama can't cook, my mama could cook. You sure? You sure? I mean, it don't sound like it. 
You didn't get too excited about that dressing. Nah, it's like mushed up bread. I don't like that shit. I don't eat seafood. Teach on. I don't eat seafood. Either. Something a little different. But even regular dressing, we'll. I'll, I'll yeah. get you some. Yeah, yeah, do I'll that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a little bit of Renee's dressing. There we go. Yeah. Renee oh. got something else for me to. Never mind. All right, so uh, uh, so what we do, uh, what we do with all I guess, man, little icebreaker, just see where y'all heads at on kind of nut shit y'all on. Um, you know, actually, I said I wasn't gonna cuss the first ten minutes of the podcast, and here I am. And I, I listen to the podcast, and I always hear you say that, so that's yeah. why even when I curse earlier, I was like, oh hold on, no, no, no. yeah, yeah, no, man, yeah. I'm trying to trying to actually transition this into a Christian podcast now. Yeah, yeah so we come on and just talk about Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel My doctor, right? I feel like Kanye can do what we can too. Come on. Hey, huh. <laughs> GP, are you with me? Oh, um <laughs> so uh we're gonna go ahead um start with you, my so if you go back to any time period in in history, I don't care where you take it back to, you take it back to, to slavery, you can take it to Jim Crow, you go to ninety five Freaknik, you can go to the AIDS pandemic in the eighties, whatever you wanna do. Whatever you wanna do. Relax, Stephen. Relax. We we'll get to you next. <laughs> and you can take three things. What would you take? Three uh, things. Three things. So I just give my example. Uh, my example is I go back to slavery with a Hellcat with unlimited gas, an AR, and a, and a bag of weed. And I'm gonna start my own underground railroad. I'm gonna free everybody. So that's my three. So what you got? All right. So uh, let me think of the, the three things though. Um, I know two out of three, but let's go to the, the time period. The, the first. time period, if I can go back to any point in time, I would want to be like twenty five at peak Freaknik years. Okay, so like ninety five. Okay, twenty five. So like ninety five, ninety six. Okay, I just always felt like just from the little that we were able to see because people weren't recording everything back then. Like right, right. Freaknik was just a good time. I remember when I was working at the bank. This guy came in. He had a Freaknik ninety six shirt on, mm-hmm. and um, I said, "Hey, how was it?" He was like, man, you had to be there. <laughs> so for that, I just feel like back then it was cool. So I would go back to Freaknik. Um, I would go back to Freaknik with a GPS. Or I could just say iPhone because okay. I don't have a sense of direction. Gotcha. I don't understand how everybody was getting around transition. I have no fucking idea. Same. They had them paper Same. maps. Same. Like paper maps. No, I remember... Early map quest days yeah. in college. Um, if I ever went on a road trip with Stefan, Stefan has he remember, memorizes routes and everything. So um, he's like a human yeah. GPS. Yeah, I'm not. I, I was. I wasn't blessed like that either. Yeah. So I, right. I would go back to Freaknik. I would have a GPS um, so that I could be Thotty McPearson. I have a lot of money, <laughs> um, and I can't think of a third thing right now. You want to take some drugs back with you? No, I, I, I wouldn't want to take drugs. I wouldn't want to take drugs back, but um, because the iPhone is like the GPS and the camera, so you could capture the moment. You take somebody. You could take a person. Say it again. You could take a person back with you. No, nah, I want to go by myself. Okay, I want to go by myself. All right. Well, we'll go with Ocho too. Steph, what you got? No man, I'm kind of feeling like you, man. Take me back to them slavery days. Hey, with, man, you uh, got to free the people. I'm trying to lift every voice and sing. I mean, so, right what, so what? What would you? What impact would you want to have on slavery days? Hey man, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and set this thing off in motion a little bit earlier than than what it was. Oh, you going to Africa when the ships come? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, well, we're gonna say pre-slavery days. We're gonna we're gonna go back to the you know go back to the motherland and we're gonna defend that border a little bit better. We're gonna Heard. build that wall. Heard. So, would you be the leader? I just want to be the man behind the leader. 
Like the silent part. The deputy? Deputy De- leader? <laughs> sounds like just, it sounds like going to be Barney Fife. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going with. Yeah. That. Who? Yeah, yeah. Barney Fife from the Andy Griffin show. Don't let it go over your head. Show your age. Show your age. Just show your age. Show your age. There you go. Looks good. Looks good on you. Yeah. Looks good on you. All right, man. <laughs> so now that we got that out of the way, man, we're going to dive right in, man. Dive right in. So, um, one thing that's been big in the news uh, has been the murder of Young Dolph. Um, we've seen clips. We've heard people talk um, about, you know, going back to, you know, a lot of rappers going back to their hometown and, and dying there. Uh, obviously, Nipsey's been one. Dolph's been another. Um, and obviously, there's been a plethora of others. Uh, shit, Camouflage is here in Savannah. Exactly. You know, in his own hometown and, and meeting his demise. Um, so, first thoughts when hearing that Dolph died. I was just like, damn, because I I saw it on Twitter, which you know, Twitter is the the quicker news outlet. Hood news, the, sure. yeah, basically the hood news. So I saw the tweet. I was like, nah. Then I sent the tweet to I got a homeboy, Mike Farmer from Memphis. I sent it to him. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, because people, you know, you know, yeah. hometown shit is. Yeah, yeah. But then I kept seeing more tweets, but it was nothing official. Mm-hmm. Like on shared or on Google anywhere. Yeah, yeah, Not, yeah. Nothing else. So when it was confirmed, I just was like. Damn, like, yeah. To me, it's just it was just the way that he went out. Like he was at the the black owned cookie business that he had been promoting because I did hear that they had they were impacted from COVID. So right, right. He was using his platform to spread awareness and to get people to go there to generate sales. So when I heard that, I was just like, damn. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Um, and, and you know, I, I that was a good point because when you hear about these rappers getting killed. It's always a real fucked up situation how they die, right? Flies get killed in front of Pure Pain, Pure Pain Studios holding the sun, right? Yeah. Like Nip gets killed outside of the, the marathon store that he built, created, bought that whole shopping center, and the circumstances around it. You yeah. know, nobody in the store had a weapon to defend the store because he all of them people. Yeah, and all of them were one. felons. Yeah. And felons can't have uh, can't can't have weapons, can't have guns. So um, it's always fucked up to see how it happened. Same thing with Dolph. I mean, you're talking about, you know, more details came out. You know, said the car pulled up, shot through the window. You know what I mean? Caught him in the head. Transitioning, you know, to a topic about being successful at home. You know what I mean? Do you feel like it's a target on the back? I mean, you moved away. You came back home, and obviously you're not in the streets. But mm-hmm. what's the feeling when you're back home? People know you. They know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What's the feeling when you come back in city limits? When I come back home, it's always love. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always love. Um, I don't come back that often. I come back often enough. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it felt good when I was here. Um, a couple months ago, I ran to Uncle Mac, who you know kind of helped us jumpstart throwing parties. And I hadn't probably seen Mac in like two, three years. Yeah. And um, he would just say, like, I am proud of you. You know, the best thing you did was get the hell away. Mm-hmm. Um, I I heard that some more y'all in Charlotte as well, like y'all boys, like keep doing y'all thing. It's not shit here, mm-hmm. this that and the other. And I know when when you typically hear that, people are like oh, like like nobody's bashing, you know, being away from home because right. I think with our friend group is very, we have a very good and a very successful friend group. You could be successful in Savannah or you could be successful outside of Savannah. It right. just depends on like what are your goals, what is your career path, right. what do you want to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. I just knew, um, for me personally. I know you remember, I tried to move in 2013. Tried to move in 2013, couldn't get a job in Charlotte. I was like, cool, I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to just be impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pledged um, Alpha, Project Inspire happened. I did a whole lot of stuff, and I, at that point, 
after Steph and all of us, after we got invited to the mayor's dinner yeah. uh, with the Silver Project Inspire, okay. mentally, I was just like, this is for me, right. you got to say that in this day's society. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. oh, people twist your words. Yeah. I reached the cap. I was just like, for me, it's nothing else. Right. right. Like, right. I got, after I got a war on behalf of City of Savannah, yeah. it was just like, yeah. Job well done. I did what I could do here. Let's let, let's go. So I just needed a new challenge, but I, I do feel for some people it is important. You know, if you are successful, um, I think for rappers, I think these people are envied a whole lot more. For sure, for sure. So in that aspect, if I don't really necessarily think it's safe, ain't nobody checking for mod to be like I'm gonna try to clip mod fat ass up if I see him in the city. Right. Um, Not to speak it. But <laughs> careful. You never know. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, honestly, it, honestly, it, all just aside, like you, you, you really would be surprised where the beef and where the heat's coming yeah. from. It's folks that, you know, what I mean, you you went to high school with. You know, what I mean, it's folks that maybe you had the issue with way back in the G. You know, what I mean, who ain't necessarily on on a certain level and see where you are, and then they see you in person. Yeah, it's a certain level of envy that that comes from that. Yeah, you know, what I mean, I mean, I, I go back to when Nipsey got killed. The person that killed him. Was one of his home, but like it was somebody he knew. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was a crip in the same uh, in the same area, but just that envy overtook him. They never had an issue; just the envy overtook him. You know what I mean? It had nothing to do with Nipsey being a rapper. You know what I mean? It's just yo, like I asked you something. You you know what I mean? You got out out the, you know you got kind of out of pocket, and then that's it. Um, so. I don't know if you I don't know if you saw the clip. Um, I thought it was informative, but it was cool when um, the Breakfast Club they gave who the shooter, whoever the shooter is, Nokia today. But just to summarize the clip, something I did enjoy when Charlemagne was breaking it down, he was just speaking about envy in general. He was like, "What people? What some people really don't realize is when it comes to envious people, it's not always like a, a long term." You know, somebody you had a feud with. Right. And he was like, "That's something that's rooted inside of a person. It's like that person could just not." They cannot be happy with themselves. Right. And since they aren't happy with themselves, an example he gave is imagine that you just never felt loved. You never felt anybody appreciated you. You never got mm -hmm. any recognition. Mm -hmm. And then he was saying, you come home and grandma is bragging because the church got brand new choir robes. Yep. Somebody, some some rich rapper went and gave everybody, um, sponsored them for the church. And now grandma is so happy. And then that individual deep down inside is like, I've never got that reaction out of anybody. Right. And that could be in any situation, just like you were saying, just people yeah. want to feel that. So they feel like, let me try to do something that's going to get me some clout and merit. But in the end, it's like you're, you're chasing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, it's and for me. I always look at things. Um, the older I've gotten, I try to look at things with two different sides of the coin, right? So with me still being here, you know, like I know for you coming back, there's certain pressures that come with it. Like a lot of people looking for you know they see you, you know what I mean? They may put, hey man, I want to talk. Let me put you sour quick, being yeah. you know what I mean? And then being here is the same concept, but you're here. Yeah. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why I don't go out as much as I used to. Yeah. Because when you go out, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of folks are gonna ask you for certain things. Some things you can do, some things you can't do. But you know, they you got a successful podcast and so not everybody wants help. Well, it's yeah, and, and me and I, I appreciate that. Um, first of all, <laughs> but because um, because I'm trying. But um, but also, you know, but I mean that's also a thing as well. You know what I mean? And there's been a lot of podcasts birth. You know, I don't want to sit here like I was the first one to do a podcast. I wasn't at all. Not even close. I know a few podcasts in the city that popped off well before mine and did, you know, did well. Um, 
But what I will say is, yeah, that's also a thing. You know what I mean? Someone asks, hey, I want to come on a pie. Can I come on a pie? And a lot of times we're like, for what? And I don't mean it in, uh, uh, any, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound like I'm being aware about it. It's like, what are you going to talk about? Like, what do you have yeah. to talk about? Honestly. Now, if you can tell me some shit that you got to talk about that makes sense and is engaging, sure, yeah, come on, let's talk. But if not, just bring you on to, what, shoot, you know, keep the bubble? No, we do it at the barbershop. Like, me at the barbershop, we get my hair cut on Thursdays at 11 o'clock. Pull up, man, we can, we can talk all day. You it know what I'm like saying? It's not like you got time to talk at 11 o'clock. It's not like you get getting your hair cut. I mean, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? You talk, talk shit, you know what I'm saying? Everybody you can listen. Cool. Yeah, I can listen. I can listen and say, damn, that's crazy a couple times, and then, you know, go on about my business. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but it is what it is. Um, and Stephanie, I mean, shit, you moved out of the city too You know what I mean? So when you come back, what's it like? And you've been rich forever So, <laughs> so <laughs> Not true but, um, it's, I, I feel the same way Ma do um, it's, it's literally every time I come It's all love And then for the second thing I don't really go out as much As like Like people would probably think when I come here Like right. I be here a lot But I just Stay in the house I see my family I, I do basic stuff. I don't yeah. I go out to eat. That's about it. Don't, yeah. I don't really be in the streets. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me ask both y'all this, actually. Because um, both y'all transitioned out of the city. Um, mind you, uh, went out to Charlotte. Actually, I think you were probably like one of the first ones that went as she took that move to Charlotte. Steph and you um, ended up in the same place. So what challenges came with moving? I know a lot of people talk about what it did for you. But challenges that came from just moving to a brand new city. I can, I, I, I can speak on it. Um, the first thing is like being away from my family for the, for the most part. Like I've always been around my family, being like within like arms reach of someone. Right. Like just like having that independence yeah. and like actually like I don't know like how you describe it, but like having that feeling of self. Like yeah. that was like the biggest thing. I had to learn me. Right. Because right. like I I knew me from living in Savannah, but I didn't know me from living. Outside of Savannah, because now you're, so stri- long. you're stripped from everything that you could identify as yourself. Exactly. Right. So yeah. now it's like finding out. Absolutely. Like, I come to the core. I come yeah, home sure. Monday through Sunday, and I'm at home by myself, and it's yeah. just like, oh shoot, like I'm really, like I'm really doing this. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, great question. But um, when it comes to relocating, I personally think that it's um. Yeah. It's a journey just of, just of learning yourself. And I kind of had a cheat code when I left because a lot of my friends had left before I did. So, like, shout out to Ashley Arthur. Uh, I remember talking to Ashley Arthur, Ashley Bing, um, uh, a few more, like, uh, fr- frat brothers and other people in general. But it's... I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, tr- I'm trying to say it the say it the correct way, but it's just it's a journey of self realization. Yeah. And right. what actually warned me about was like whenever you move, there's a rough patch that you're going to hit. Right. Everybody's going to hit it. It could be mentally, financially, professionally, um, all of this stuff. But there's a rough patch that you're going to hit. And what she explained to me was she was like, once you get over that. It just seems like everything flows better. Cause just like Stefan was saying, like I'm in a brand new city. When I moved to Charlotte, I I knew I knew Gerald, I knew Chance, I knew like two people right. in the whole city. So I didn't right. know anybody. Brand new city. Um, the side of town that I lived on was I just um, and, and I knew Doug as well. Shout out to Doug. He told me like this is a good area. Like I got an apartment there. I was working and it was really just building from scratch. So. Right. Um, it allows you to just really get to know yourself, but then um, it's, it's just a test. 
Yeah. And I think like once you get over that, once you conquer that, you can you can you can do anything. But it's I think the challenge is sustaining because you see a lot of people that leave and come back right, right, right all right. the time. So mm-hmm. like to leave like January will be five years that I've been gone now from Sheesh. Savannah. Yeah, yeah. and um, it doesn't be like damn like damn that, that was five years ago. But it's just it's it's just been a journey um overall. But um yeah, just right. you just gotta put yourself, put yourself out there. It was the best decision I made because it allowed me to grow as a person. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. You definitely found out, like, when you move away, you definitely found out who you are. Yeah. You don't have anything but time to, like, self-reflect on, like, everything. Like, you got home, like, yeah, you might have TV, you might have music, you might have things to do. But, like, right. you're really at home by yourself, really thinking about what, like, yeah. what you are, who you are. Like, what am I person. doing this weekend? What am yeah. I doing this weekend? Who am I going out with? I don't yeah. really know yeah. people. I think for me, when I, when, honestly, when I first got to Charlotte, it was like, okay, I had friends that yeah. was there but like all of my friends already had their own things that they were doing yeah. they, they were established you yeah. know and i was moving i was trying to figure out what was going on so like honestly like i feel like when you get to a new city you might run through a couple of sets of friends yeah. before you actually find your true mesh because yeah. that happened to me I, I i met up with some people i you know they were cool in the beginning and then you know it just wasn't a good fit but you live and, and you that's learn. the cool thing about it like it's yeah. just no one, love loss. One thing I can say about moving is taught me um, from moving outside of Savannah. It's taught me that people are different, um, but with people being different, people people that aren't your norm, they do have a lot to offer. Because right. I, I do feel like you know when you stay in one city and it, it's kind of like one big group think or like yeah. you, you're just familiar with yeah, everything. So, move, so moving to Charlotte, you like, got a familiar mindset. Yeah, well, moving to Charlotte, it was just like like connecting with people like from all different areas, you know, like doing different things. And like, I always tell people one example is I'm not going to put those people's names out there from a financial standpoint. Yeah. It made me want to get on my shit. Right. Because it was like, cool. I was doing good down here. And then you moved to a bigger city. Now you're yeah. a, you're a small fish. Right. I was, I was a big dog. <laughs> it's the man. Then I moved right. to Charlotte and, and I like, never forget. Like a little teacup Yorkie. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little Yorkie now. I, I linked up with some homies, and it was um, they were just talking about money, and that's something else I realized. Like in Savannah, people don't like to talk about money, yeah. but when you're around people that with are money, really making money, right. they don't care. That's not the issue. Yeah, it's funny, man. My um, you know, talking with my brother actually, he's on the last episode, and talking with him, we 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 got into investing and all that, mm-hmm. and it's funny because you you realize people laugh. When you talk about investing in stocks yeah. and all that, and it sounds crazy to them, but that's kind of the way a lot of things are engineered. Though it looks complex, and until you really get into it and see, oh, this shit is really simple. I just need to do this, this, and this. Put effort here, 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 and I'm cool. But I, I agree with both of y'all. Like you know, the conversation about money is taboo here. It's right. like no, it's like oh, you don't it's like oh, that's a, touch, that's a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you can't you, do that. Don't you don't want people this. in your business. No, yeah. this and the other. You but then. You Even know. with saying that, I feel like the response from many people or like old people be like, you don't need everybody in your business. But right. that that's like a I feel like it's kind of like an envy aspect. Right. Because like, you feel like if you do talk about it. But like I, for me, relocating, um, the quick story was that all of us are going out for drinks. We got a sex at this day party and um, we were at one of my homies house. And he was like, hey, I'm just to say homie A, homie B. Right. <laughs> C. It was like, um. Homie A was like, hey, I heard you just got a new position. You doing this, that, and the third. Rah, rah, rah. Was so homie B, one? Huh? Nah. So oh, homie okay. B was like, yeah, this, that, and the other. You know, yeah, you know, that company was cool. They threw me an extra, you know, some extra bread. Homie A like, oh, how much extra money they threw you, this, that, and the other. And he was like, yeah, you know, I moved over there for like um, for 40, 
it's like forty or forty five bands or right. whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So home. So the other home partner was just like, you took a job for forty five. 45 bands like like <laughs> what what's that this that and the other right mind you i'm not even making this is a transparent moment i'm right. not even making 40 bands right now right, right. i took a lateral move and i moved to charlotte yeah, right so like and so the other dude was like nigga no i ain't took no job for no forty five thousand. they they gave me 45 on top of what i was already making you talk about feeling like a shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. When you, but you know, and, and, and the, the funny part about it, man, is you have that moment, right? Where you feel like a shrimp, like you said. But the other part too is, you know, I, and I don't know how y'all look at it, but I know for me, it's like, oh, if you can do that shit, I can. I know, too. goddamn and well, that, I can. And that that's, was the mindset I took because I was just mindset. like, you know. Niggas really out here doing it, doing yeah. what they got to do. And when I heard the conversation, I've never been an envious person of anybody. Like I'm all, I like to be around people more. Mm-hmm. So once I tapped into that circle, I was just like, "Hey, like boys up here making moves, doing what they got to yeah. do." I'm just like, "It's it's game time. Like get in the yeah. game, but follow your own journey. Don't don't compare yourself to them, to themselves, right? To that person, but just you know, cool. If, if you can see that it's obtainable around everybody else just yeah. like michelle obama said yeah. when she said she was the first lady and she met everybody she's like she realized that a lot of these people are not smart no nah. yeah. people aren't smart at all no nah. nah, i wasn't they, even i wasn't even there for that conversation but once i got whipped of the conversation i was just like you know what something yeah. got to change yeah and you know and, and, and the thing about it is i i think one thing you alluded to we get some music here in a minute but um one thing you alluded to was kind of, you know, running your own race, right? Yeah. Like, because there's two things that need to be acknowledged. Number one, um, rushing and chasing what you see everybody else doing, you know, whether it be social media or just whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's only going to burn you out, right? Yeah. Like, we all talk about social media is a highlight reel. You only see the highs. You never see the lows. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the time you spent, were you down? I mean, I know a lot of times... Um, you know, I pay attention to, you know, posts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I ain't seen you post shit in about a year, year and a half. I know what that means. I ain't going to say nothing because it may not mean that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't post often on my Instagram. So, yeah. you know, it may not mean that. But it could, you know what I mean? A lot of times we talk about I remember Ian talking about it all the time. Ian said, hey, man, little chick just pissed for a year. When she come back, guarantee she got a baby or a BBL. Jones say that shit all the time. <laughs> and then nigga be right. It be either a baby or a BBL every single time. You know what I mean? But the point being, so that's one, is patience social media and trying to run somebody else's race is only going to burn you out. Yeah. Um, another example is, remember when I ran that? Because uh, you're not even training. Exactly. So how you going to run somebody else's race? Yeah. You're not even in shape. Remember that time I ran the bridge room, Charlie, and y'all left me by myself? <laughs> <laughs> Those niggas ran me for a good five minutes. And Ma was like, all right, yeah, I, I got to go. <laughs> I was doing my best. Can you keep up? Yeah, could not. Could not. Um, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. That shit was rough, man. But I you finished the race. You finished the race. Oh, no, no, the race. I, I, come on. Come on. Man. You got some organ buttons on there? Come on, man. No, I got that. We'll add that in. <laughs> stay right there now. Yeah, stay, stay right there, Pastor. Stay right there, Pastor. Um, so yes, yeah, so as as a really big thing, man, is is again running your own race and, and understand. Also, the second thing a lot of people need to come to grips with is everybody's not called to be rich. Everybody's not, and that's okay. It's okay, honestly, it's okay. You want to be comfortable. This doesn't mean that everybody that some people are meant to struggle. You're not, but some people are meant to just be comfortable. You know what I mean? Now we all strive to have this, you know, all this money, which is great. You know what I mean? But the one thing I've learned, and I, I think part of y'all can attest to, too, is literally when Big told us more money, more problems, we he thought really it was some bullshit. That. 
We thought some bullshit, but then we looked at it like, nah, because every 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 time I get more money, every time I, I create a new avenue to make more money, every time I get guess right, it's right. Them bills is right there. It's always gonna be something. Man, we was living yeah. the time of our lives with no money. Listen, yeah. Dolph said at the beginning of a song, yeah. if it ain't one thing, it's a it's motherfucking, motherfucking another. Some hey, the funny shit when I um I told y'all I went and chopped it up with Diamond Man. Y'all know when we went to Miami. You know what's money I went down to Miami with? Honestly, how much? Two hundred dollars. That trip we took to Miami, I had two hundred dollars. Make it work. And we had and we were down there from Thursday <laughs> to Sunday. Hey, but you made it work. work. Oh no, I damn sure made it work. Oh, I yeah. damn sure. I, I, I'm making it. But we all done took them trips with with little to no money and made it work. But the thing is, I, I that's why I always stress like. I can remember a time when I had less mm-hmm. and I was a whole lot more content because back then oh, yeah. we we was living right back then. We wasn't really worried about all was, that stuff. I was telling Ma the other day, I was like, you remember we was paying four, was it 480 for rent? 480 like, a piece? 480 a piece for rent. I was like, boy, that was the happiest times of my life. Just niggas living, dog. Like, like I was I was having a good I was I was really having a good time in but life. T- but times have changed. Cause just like um me and Stefan were saying before in the conversation. We, I'm happy our college experience was not section culture. Right. Nobody was going to the club no. by section. Right. No. We just were going to the club because you wanted a party, you wanted to have fun. It didn't um, even have to be the club, niggas, honestly. It the, just had to be a know, party. If you yeah. want to have a little bit of fun, VIP at Frozen, you upstairs. Yeah. Cool. That's I, it. But outside of that, you we know, didn't have to drink 1942. We, we just wanted to have. We just wanted to have a good time. But times have changed though. Yeah. Listen, if you want to have a girl, you ain't had to put a thousand dollars in the pockets <laughs> yeah. every five days. You well, how much to, you had to put in a pocket? Yeah. You know. Forty can I get a forty? Can I get a forty? Can I get forty dollars? Forty dollars? Forty dollars? Forty dollars? Got a fifty-five. Fifty. Fifty. Can I get a fifty? Miles, you say you paid sixty-seven dollars. All right, sixty, and she sold to the seventy-two. 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 Oh, we got a seventy-two dollars sold. Sold to the man in bed. Seventy-two dollars in an all-star meal from Waffle House. That's a buck right on the head. That's a fact. But now, dead ass, like um, you know, it was about experiences back then. I mean, if we remember the, the the main thing you wanted to be, they able didn't to need do, to capture the yeah. experience. We cap, you know, what we captured. I was looking back at our Miami stuff. We captured pictures of us going out before we left. Yeah, it was always that. <laughs> it was always that. When we were in the moment. It was never. It was, it was never pictures never in the moment. That. We got videos and pictures of us before we went out. Yeah, and to it. be honest, like still nowadays, I don't have pictures of me being out. I have pictures of before. Afterwards don't really count But before yeah. we go out Not Never during the well, event Well you know The before was cool And the after was Probably some shit That don't need to be The after was captured. me Changing into another t-shirt Cause I done been sweating In the club Or changing Or changing to another bitch Either way It was being It was I a, know that's right Tomato tomorrow <laughs> You know what I mean You know what I'm saying Like so that was The, the main thing for us was it, was it was all about experiences And I don't You know I never want to come in here And sound like the old man The old get off my lawn nigga yeah. But real shit Like we we really were all about experiences. We had a great fucking time. You know what I mean? All the we, time. we were blessed to make a lot of money doing it. At least at the time, it was a lot of money. You know what I mean? But um, again, it was experiences. A lot of stories, a lot of memories. Um, the homecoming with, with, with me, you, and uh, Demetrius with the young ladies. We're not talking about that today. <laughs> Y'all remember Panty Dropper? I'm not, boo, Never this heard might of be, it. boo, this might be before your time. It's time to go to some songs. To yeah, music. let's play some music, man. Christmas right. music. I'm gonna keep it quiet. I'm <laughs> panty dropping, no sir. But yeah, so anyway, we're gonna get some music, man. So this playlist, um, we're gonna name this playlist Santa Baby. 
We're gonna do it that way, man. This is the uh, the first. Uh, the, you know, we got Christmas right around the corner, man. Black Friday just went by. Um, so we're gonna do that, man. We go to uh, the Santa baby. So with that being said, uh, I'll pop it off, man. I'm actually gonna go to uh, Summer Walker. Um, her album just dropping, man. I think it's only right. So we do Summer Walker, man. Santa baby. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me Been an awful good girl Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight Santa baby, a 54 convertible to light blue That was Summer Walker, man. Santa Baby. Um, so, Mod, what you got? Next up on the Untitled Podcast Countdown, we have Give Love on Christmas Day. Coming to you from Johnny Gill. It's that time of the year good friends are dear. And you wish you could get more just presents from us
Sir, so that was Johnny Gill, man. Give love on Christmas Day. Um, one thing that uh, we talked about um, in that prior segment was running your own race. We talked about making, you know what I mean, understanding, you know, that social media is a highlight reel. We talked about moving to, your own, moving to a new city and mentally the toll it takes. So I think that all that kind of encompasses mental health. Um, you know, my, you've been um, as big an advocate of mental health as, as I know. Um, one of the reasons why I went to therapy, I talked to you, I talked to Meech, and y'all yeah. both kind of told me, you know what I mean, that, you know, going to therapy is a, you know what I mean, it's probably one of the best decisions y'all made. Yeah. Um, and I spread that gospel after I started doing the same thing. So um, with that, and I know we talked about this in nauseam, um, but we can't talk about it too much. It's a big word, right? You like that? My boy is educated, he, and he does have a therapist. He I've does. been had a therapist. Huh. I've been I've been going there for two years. That's you know I'm really proud of you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's calm me down. It's made me a, a better boo for for the world. Uh, so with that man, so um, just kind of walk through your mental health journey. Um, Sheesh. you know, it's kind of the start. You know, what made you? What what actually led you to say? You know what? I need a therapist. I can tell mine. I tell mine after yours. Okay. But um, so what led to that? You know, what's it look like for you currently? Um. You know I me, mean? and let's kind of really kind of dive in that a little bit. All right. So um, with that being said, what started my mental health journey was it, it's funny because I do believe there is a stigma that, you know, when you start going to therapy, um, it's kind of like when people that don't go to church run the church. Like everything, right. everything's going like falling apart. Like God, Father, come help me. Um, it wasn't one of those situations. I started going to therapy because before I moved to Charlotte, I actually made a list of everything I want to accomplish. Uh-huh. And um, once I accomplished everything, really once I, I bought my house, I was just like, I don't know what's next. Um, but I do feel to know what's next that I want to do some self-examination because mm-hmm. I just felt um, it's kind of like people with phones. Like you can have a phone and you can do a whole lot of cool stuff with your phone, but you really don't know your phone. So let's say you watch a YouTube tutorial on how to how to to work your iPhone better. And now you realize a lot of the functions and things that you do have. Right. Um, that's how I felt about therapy. I was like, I'm, I'm to a point. I'm at a really good point in life, but I really don't know what's next because what I set to accomplish has been done. And so I reached out, found a local therapist. If anybody's interested in going to therapy and you have a job, mm-hmm. um, check with your HR department, see if they do have EAP because EAP will cover therapy for you. A certain amount of sessions, um, it was, and I was at, I was with Bank of America at the time, so it was like seven sessions yep. a year annually. They would cover for me. But I just wanted to go to therapy because I wanted to be a better man. I wanted to be a better me, and I just wanted to learn a little bit more about myself yeah. I'm in that aspect. So going to therapy has been the best decision ever. Um, Dr. Lori, shout out to Amen Wellness in Charlotte. Uh, really, really good. And it just it allowed me to dive deep. And one of the things that I was able to take away from it that is that I had a survivor's mindset and yeah. I can see just because of some, some trauma that I've experienced, you know, through, I don't say childhood, but uh, pre-adulthood as a teenager, um, it's molded me to where I always thought like, oh yeah, you're successful because you just want to be successful. But my therapist taught me that I have a fear of failure right. complex. Mm-hmm. So what looks like success to the outside is really me because I would accomplish something and yeah. I don't really sit and enjoy it. It was, yeah. I'll accomplish something and afterwards it's like, all right, what's next? Yeah. It's yeah. And it's kind of, you just more so relieved that it worked. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. that worked. We're here. 
but 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 what's next? Yeah. And the example she gave me was if somebody dropped you on the island and like told you to survive, and let's say you you killed or whatever to eat for X amount of days. If you had a meal for seven days, by the time you got to the third day, yeah. your focus is now okay. So what am I going to do next? Right. Like right. How, how how am I going to survive? So just trying to to scale back on things, and um, really one of the things. Of course, I'm a fan of The Breakfast Club and Charlemagne. I read his book, Shook One. Yeah. And when I read that, it just really talked about mental health, especially for black men. I'm just getting to know yourself. So my mental health journey, I'm still on it. Um, this year was great. Great, successful year. But with great success, there's always a downfall yeah, within there. So I hit a really, really rough patch um, this year. And therapy's taught me like to, to lean on people. Um, to vocalize things yeah. that you feel like you shouldn't have to ask for within other individuals. And I'm actually in therapy now bi-weekly. Shout out to Carl Scott. Shout out to Yap, who's my current therapist. But um, just through therapy, it's just taught me that to, to have alternatives, to have different options, and to just just be just be more open when it comes to it in the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, mine came kind of the same way. I, I, I had some issues without being too... First, I had some issues with, um, with you know, a few family things that I wasn't fucking with. Um, and just friends as well, but how I attach it, how I, how I attacked it, I mean, um, how I approached it and mentally what I did. I would just detach myself yeah. from a lot of shit. And it was real easy for me to do. And um, I felt like it was too easy. It's like, why is it so easy for me to say fuck That makes it sense. And just say, I ain't dealing with nobody. You know what I mean? We joke all the time about how I say, like, you know, a lot of people, they see me, you know, they see social media shit. They see me with y'all, and they immediately try to, you know, put but me in. friendly. Yeah, but it, but it, <laughs> but, 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 but it's funny because they really, because y'all, y'all are, like, y'all are social people, and then you, you meet me. That's Yeah, for sure. And then you meet me, and you think, oh, well, Boobie's funny. Like, we all know Boobie's funny, and... You know, modern everybody, all y'all social. So Booby has to just be the funny social friend, and that's not the case. And here's Booby. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> like at all? Like I'm, party's over. Yeah. With a straight yeah. face. Nah, like nah, is it? Like y'all could go. Yeah, that's that's all I got. Like nah, is it? Like my my social media runs. My social meter runs low quick. <laughs> like I just being around people, and I do I do enjoy people in that space, but it's just not something I can do constantly. Like I just I need my space to to kind of decipher my thoughts, but but anyway, so detaching myself was an issue I had, so I had to go, you know, and, and look up therapists. You know, I mean, I I didn't know where to start. Yeah, you know, what I mean, so I was Google black therapists. I said, well, talk somebody talk to somebody black because I felt like they're the only ones who kind of understand, you know, what I was going through. You had something? I was gonna say what. Can I ask why did you feel like you needed a black therapist? Like just just a question. I wanted yeah. a black therapist so I could circulate dollars into the black community. Okay, that's, that's what I want. That's, that's, that's a good reason. That's, that's a really fair. good reason. That wasn't mine, but that was a really good reason. I think about it. I'm glad I'm doing that as well. Um, <laughs> but fair. no, honestly, that's, 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 fair. that's fair. Honestly, I didn't know if a white therapist could fully could fully understand a white person in general, whether it be therapist, whatever, could fully understand where I was coming from. Okay. Like I, th- I knew they could. Uh, probably, it's probably amazing white therapist. Right. You know, I, mean? so I don't have anything against them. I just felt like as a black man in the current state of you know what I mean of America and where we're at with shit. It's like nah, let me you go want talk to look from your standpoint. Yeah, some and, and okay. not completely because I wanted an opposing standpoint, which okay. goes to the next point was I don't want to go to a black man 
because I was like, you know what? There could be a situation where he kind of is going through the same shit. Because even though he's a therapist, he's still a person. Yeah. So he'll be going through the same shit. And maybe he hops on my side just on some nah, bro. I'm going through the same shit. You know, he's not supposed to. He he's human. The devil's advocate with Exactly. You. So I wanted somebody who gave me a different opinion. So the one pe- one group that always gave me different opinions. They got Latinos. No, no, no. We're black women. <laughs> Stupid ass. Oh, we're black women, right? I can always count on black women to tell me what they felt like was the truth. No matter what. You know, my dopest conversations were with aunties, you know, with moms, with my sister. You know what I mean? With, with, with female friends that I had. Like, their pers- their perspective was always different. And I mean, I always agree with it. But it was just so much different. It's, it's a good perspective and it's a good challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it at least challenged me. And that was the main thing I wanted to do, being challenged mentally. So, so that was my thought process. So, I looked up black women therapists. That, that was, that's, that's good. I, the only reason I asked because I, I, I don't go to therapy. Yeah. I, I actually thought about it, but I yeah. just haven't made that, like, I guess you can say decision yet to go. Right. But I, it's, it's definitely something I think I, I probably should do in the near yeah. future. Um, but it's good. I it'll, it'll, done it, yet. it will allow you to see. Um, it, it'll it'll just allow you to see a lot of things that you probably didn't even think right. about, like why you function a certain way, like why you just mm-hmm. how you be how you act a certain way. Um, y'all know I, I always I don't care putting business out for helping reasons, but like my last therapy session, we came to the realization that I've been disappointed a lot yeah. um, within people that are closest to me, family wise, yeah. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm really close with y'all. Yeah. Can I, can I ask another question? Go I ahead. Know, I noticed your podcast. Yeah, no, 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 no. So, like, when you go to therapy, like, how honest would you say you are with your therapist? Like, on a scale of like one to ten, ten um, being completely honest. I would say one being not so much. I think that question goes twofold because when I first started going, mm-hmm. um, I say I probably had a four. Okay. And mainly because it's really hard to walk into a room and be completely honest with a stranger. Like, you have to be a different type of person to do that. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to do. You know what I mean? You just meet somebody first time, you just lay out all your shit. Yeah. It's hard. Um, but, again, I've been going to therapy for, you know, the better part of a year and a half, two years now. Okay. So now I have that relationship with my therapist. So, you know, she even knows when I'm lying now. Right, like she'll like, she, yeah, like she, it's her job. But they'll question. They're yeah, like, they're, they're like, are you sure? Yeah, exactly. And when they when she asks, it's like, all right, nothing. So there's nothing else you want to add. Yeah. So I now I can see how like Maude is holding his like <laughs> his his neck. He's kind of like yeah, you know, got like one finger right underneath. Checking this, yeah, bone. checking this pulse. Checking this pulse. Like, are you sure? But uh, but to answer your question, now I say I'm probably at a nine. No. Nine. I won't say I'm a I'm a hundred percent, but I will say ninety ninety five percent of the time. I'm completely honest. Um, that last ten percent, I feel like it's just that natural human buffer that, no matter what is, you know what I mean. I know you can't tell yeah. nobody shit I talk about, and I know all these things. I've seen my pup. I actually seen my therapist in public before. Um, you know, we didn't speak yeah, like anything. Didn't yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 saw each other. You know what I mean? Kind of made eye contact. I just kind of nodded. She she was with her husband, and, and I went on about my business. You know what I mean? Just but. Relax, um, but uh, but yeah, but so now I'll say I'm at nine percent. Just and I feel like that last ten percent is a natural human buffer. I don't know if we're a hundred percent honest with anybody, yeah, in our lives. Like I don't think we tell anybody. But I think when I honestly think when just depending on like some of the conversations that you do have is yeah. you you're going to start off kind of hesitant in the beginning, but then it's going to flow into a greater conversation where you kind of have. To overshare and have to, have to give all that information, but yeah. I do think that it's it's pretty dope when, when you can get to that point. 
I'm yeah. within therapy. Yeah, for sure. And you know the thing is, is that therapy doesn't become productive until you're honest. Okay. Like you're just telling them whatever, or you're hiding shit. You're wasting money. Yeah, you're, you're literally so, wasting because they can't they can't help you. Well, they can never help you. They help you with the lie. So it'll help you work so it, through that lie, whatever that so, bullshit you told her. So is it helping? At that no, four, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> at that at that level of four, when you first went, it wasn't what it what it was now. No, no, no. I was wasting money for sure. Money. But I think everybody has been raised, and this is a good um, addition to add to this topic, just with how black men have been raised. Um, don't, don't who who we should be? Mm-hmm. Um, like, like this is who we should be. This is how we should react. Um, so when you're into a space in therapy, in the beginning, it's going to be kind of hard because you've been conditioned to where, you know, don't show emotion. Don't cry. Don't, don't be do vulnerable. This. Yeah, don't, like, don't be yeah. too vulnerable. So um, and even with that, I was going to add, Booby, I think and I'm happy that you're talking about this on your podcast. But mm-hmm. that's something that has to be. I I hate when people say it's like it's, it's not a war on black guys, but like there's a very huge yeah. Um, shadow that's over like black men, you know, being vulnerable with therapy in general. And I think as a community, we're going to have to figure out for one, it's going to start with the parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to parent our kids better, which I do think that this new generation of parents is doing a very good job of being open, um, having dialogue with their kids. But it's just very important to let your kids know that you're there for them, that you're there for them, and allow them to communicate themselves because a lot of people are growing up with these these twisted mentalities. Right, and, and they don't they don't want to share anything because it's it's funny. Me and one of my homies, because I, I post about therapy a lot, and I was talking to one of my homies about something, and after he explained it to me, I was like, "Hey, bro, you need to go to therapy." Right. And his response was, "I don't need no damn therapy, bro. Like I do this, I do that. Like oh, that's my therapy." All I said was, "That's oh, okay, cool." I said, right. "Well, I know a, I know a therapist." Three weeks later, who texts me? He was like, "Hey, man, you can send me that that man information." Yeah, I already knew. He needed to go just because the, the response that he gave. But as right. black men, we're always hesitant because society has conditioned us to think like that. Yeah, I mean, we kind of wore ourselves with that, right? Like we look at each other a certain way. Like you go to therapy, like you pay. Like honestly, you pay somebody to listen to. Your I problems? love it. Like, yeah, I, I, my, I go. My pop still don't know I go to therapy. I still ain't told him. You know what I mean? Like, and I probably won't. My mom may know um, because she watched the Facebook stuff that we did, and I talked about there. So she might know then. But I never said, "Y'all know I go to therapy, right?" And I know part of the reason is going to be that, you know, they asked me why. I said, because of y'all. But, right. but, <laughs> and the thing we, so we talked about this on the act of that millennial parenting discussion. Yeah. Um, when we talked about gentle, the, the new term that Tiffany has helped, she's an advocate for is gentle parenting. Yeah. Um, and Wiggs gave really good, one of my homies, Desmond Wiggins, he gave really good dialogue on Wiggs. there's a lot of, we were parented rough. Right. Basically. Um, 60 to 70% of people that are in therapy are in therapy because of childhood. And when I say childhood, that can be anywhere under the age of 18. Right. But situations that people dealt with that a lot of these were things initiated by their parents. Right. That they're trying to unlearn. So that's just, but then, but then you got, we have to extend grace to our parents because when we look at our parents, look at the generation that they dealt with. Exactly. Right? And exactly. that generation didn't have half, they didn't have a quarter of the resources that we had. Right. And to be quite honest, it was um, segregation, like all of that stuff was going on. That generation was just trying to survive and do the best that they could. Yeah. So it's not knocking our parents, but we still need to acknowledge the impact of some of the things that they did. Absolutely. I mean, like even the blinds closed all day. <laughs> <laughs> in that cold dark room, right? Like that was 
I know this goes back to the last segment, but this is one of the things I learned when I moved out on my own. It's okay yeah. to have the blinds open. Yeah, no, nah, it's fair. It's, it's okay to let the sun in. Okay ain't nobody, ain't house. nobody looking at you. I'm just saying, it's, nobody it's okay. looking at you. Ain't nobody want nothing. That's and in if my they house. was looking, yeah, who cares? Who give cares? Them a, give them a show. <laughs> I mean? put on a show. But nah, like dead ass, like. You know, when you talk about generations and talking about what resources they had, I talk about a good bit, the fact that my aunts and uncles integrated Bradwell, right? So I have aunts and uncles that were integrating schools. They were the first black. So if they were integrating schools, what resources did they have for therapy? And their mind, and but mindset even bigger than that, their different. mindset is yeah. completely it's, different. It's, it's completely literally, different. The, it's the definition of what you said. Like, it's really a survival mindset. Like, I just want to make it day by day. Let's make it to tomorrow. They made through the day, black and white. You know what I mean. You think about even the old black sayings, right, man? Shit, another day, another dollar. Like little shit like that. Like just get, I say, just get through tomorrow, man. I just want to make it to tomorrow. That's if I can make it through the day, I'll be all right. Yeah, like right. oh, you know, all the thing. You know, I have an uncle, um, and one of the things that he says that actually, um, I take with me, and I catch myself saying, "All right, you ask my uncle, hey, how you doing? Best day of my life." He said every time, and now like it started really registering. Like you know, like I get it. Because every day is literally like, yo, I'm still here. Like, it's the best day of my life. It's a positive mindset. People ask me, like, yo, how you doing? Hey, man, it's the best day of my life. You know, me, I'm still here. You know, it's it's kind of a mix of that survival mindset and kind of making a positive and putting a positive yeah. spin on it. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, therapy and, you know, people looking at it as kind of a rich man's thing. You got to have money for it. And like you said, if you got a job, you got an EAP program, majority of them do, especially after um, especially after COVID, yeah, you know a lot of them do. I know, I know mine. You know, hell, shit was free all of last year, and it's free all oh, of this so year. You can do virtual now. Yeah, you can do it virtually. Okay. It's a lot of you know, a lot of my therapy sessions were actually I just started going back into the office a month ago. Um, they were all virtual. You know what I mean? Which is cool. Actually, gave me that flexibility anyway. But but I thought it was dope. You know what I mean? And something that needs to be touched on, and something that can't be discussed enough. Um. And even if it isn't for us, our kids, yeah, right? right? Like them feeling like, okay, if mom and dad ain't giving me what I need, you know, it's okay for me to say at 15, I think I need a therapist. Yeah. And they understand what therapy is, what it means. They're not, you know, ashamed of it. They don't feel a way about it. And us as parents say, okay, cool. And then them being able just to pinpoint what they do need from an emotional standpoint. Because right. you know, everybody's not going to always think of everything. I'm happy you did say kids because out outside of that, what what do you think um, needs to change within our community? And I, I say that because um, one of my friends texted me this week. Her little cousin committed suicide, 18 years old, mm. black boy. Yeah. Um, and even with that, like it really brought me to tears because I was just like, like what what is our community not? doing so what so what are some things that you think we do need to change that's going to help um allow especially black black men young black men to be able to want to you know vocalize and be more vocal with things um i think one thing that you know us especially our age group you know i mean we really need and i don't want to say mentorship mentorship programs but actually taking these you know these kids under our wing a little bit we see a situation where i can speak you know positively into you i'm gonna do it 
you know what I'm saying? Whether, you know, current, you know, we know my job, like I work in sports and more specifically youth sports, right? So I see kids all the time and I see a coach maybe a little hard on them or I may see a parent a little hard on them. I'll pull them to the side and say, hey man, look, you know, blah, blah, blah. But me being that voice and me thinking about growing up, I mean, shit, stuff. you played for the Stiles too. Right. Like, I think about, you know, how our coaches were, right? You know what I mean? I see these other youth coaches now, you know, and for our era, the Stiles was the most successful organization. Mm-hmm. You know, I can think of playing from That's a certain. That's the world? Yeah, we are. You know what I mean? Football like, and so, cheering. Shout, yeah. shout out to um, Coach Stephanie, my homeboy. Yeah, best I, in the world. Yeah, best in the world. We are. You know what I mean? Like, but that, but even that, right? Like, that the, the the prayer we would say at the end of the day, and that Seth keeps alluding to, right? Like at the end, we'll say who's the best in the world. We are like that was us saying to ourselves who we are off top. You know what I mean? Like to you know what I mean? And maybe we if we lose, we didn't lose often. You know, I lost my last game. You know what I mean? Playing there, but we kept that mindset, yeah. and it was a constant confidence that we had because again. Literally from, yeah. from what what is it, peewee yeah, from, all the way to junior midgets. Yeah, all the way up. Same same prayer you were reciting prayer. that Major shit from. Yeah, all that shit. So same prayer. Yeah, absolutely. So but I think about our coaches and I think about how positive they were. Now they'll get on your ass. Oh yeah. But our coaches never cussed. The entire time. So we see these guys now, you know what I mean? You see Are you them, sure they never cussed? Because I remember when I played for the Blue Stallions and what was the coach with the goals? You play for the Blue Stars. Yeah. Blue Stars. That's, that's, that's the. It's okay. Then one real science. Then one real science coaches. I was now. Like, what, like what was the one with the goal? He's friends with my dad. He's very loud with the goal. With the, the goal. goal. It sounds like Jamarcus because he used to cuss. But he wasn't coaching the Blue Stars. He wasn't coaching the Blue Stars though. No, it wasn't Jamarcus' dad. Because Jamarcus' dad and my dad are friends too. And that was what ten under what uh, ten or eight mm-hmm. under. I forgot his name. What year was this? Because the, the one called Floyd, called Floyd, called no, twelve. Floyd was dope. Yeah, Floyd was my guy, man. Yo, shout out Floyd. And Floyd was Antron's dad, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Swan pops. What a, I forgot his name. He had an open face, and he used to cuss. Yeah, he's a, he a blue science coach. He yeah, he's a blue science coach. Y'all need y'all need to be cussing. <laughs> he had he had a cuss. He had a cuss. He was frustrated. He was frustrated. All right, next caller. Yeah, <laughs> but not nah, but real shit. You know what I mean? But but I think that you know to answer your question, I think that we do need to when we see young black men and see them in certain situations, you know, just speak positively in them, and because it goes a long way. What's the whole point of bringing up the science situation? Because even now, as a thirty-one-year-old male, I think about that. When I talk to my nephew who's yeah. playing sports, right? Both my nephews play sports. You know, when I talk to them, I like, man, I can't, I, I ain't finna cuss at you. I'm not gonna yell at you. You know, when I coach, you know what I mean? A few times I've had to coach. I coached 18 under a few years ago, um, coached 8 under a few years ago. Like coaching that, the way I talk to these kids, I think about, okay, this is how my coaches were. And this is what worked for me. You know what I mean? And, you know, hell, I had Kev on last episode, you know, talking to Kev. You know, me and Kev talk all about, all the time about this coaching styles. No, 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 no. Kev, he played for the star, but it's the relationships. You know what I mean? He came coaching the girls now. With these high school ways kids, it's like, job. yeah, absolutely. And it's how do you approach it? You know what I mean? He had a situation we talked about last episode, and I was talking about this one where he came to me and I said, well, shit, Kev, uh, how are thing going? He said, man, fuck it, I canceled practice today. I was like, why? He's like, man, he said, man, it ain't getting it. And then he was like, and, and I'm not going to practice tomorrow. And I was like, why not? He said, they got to they gotta learn how to do that shit themselves. And I said, I said, well, shit, Kevin. If they got to figure that shit out by themselves, what the fuck they need you I was for? I say, what they need you for? Hey, get some water bottles in there. They don't even need it. Um, but yeah, what the fuck they need you for? You know what I mean? And that kind of register with them. So now it's a different mentality when talking to your kids. You got to have a, a little bit of um, balance in how you deal with them. 
But I agree, you know, my what you said. I we we were parented hard, but our parents, our parents are parents are rough. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. And their parents' parents were parents even rougher. And their parents' parents' parents were slaves. So that's how close, <laughs> literally, like so. That's literally how close the generations are, right? Like our great great grandparents were slaves. No, why was it? Mm-mm, they weren't. Yeah, movie. They weren't shit. Movie. Why not? My great. Great grandma stayed on the west side. Yeah, that's our great great grandparents. Your great great grandma? Yeah, mm-hmm. but y'all grandparents was young too, though. No, no, no. How old was your great grandma when she passed? Ninety three. That's young. That's young. Well, booby, how long you want to live? I'm just saying, <laughs> Viola's seventy to eighty now. Yeah, because Viola and my grandma are the same age. So then, my great grandma. It's like, would be like 110 great. now. No, because I feel like you're trying great, to judge. Great, great. I'm putting two greats. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Like, two Hold greats. On. Great, great. And my grandma is 80, so, yeah. 80, 79. That's two generations. Think about Sarah this. Sarah Bryant was 91, 92 when she died. She was how old? You see. My great grandma was like 91, 92 when she okay. died. Okay. How was your great grandma? You see, your great grandma. Yeah, my great grandma's 91. Yeah, I said great, great. So, my great, great grandma, I never met her, but when she died, she died when she was like in her 80s. My mom knew. knew. Oh, of course. My so mom how big was the age gap between them? I don't. Really she might know. have been a little. Well, for, well, for one, no. For one, well, my, you know, back in the day, they used to have kids at like. Well, for one, my yeah. Well, my great grandma like, never knew her mom died when she was one. Right. So she never knew her mom. Right. But, and she was the baby out of nine kids. Right. So. So yeah, I mean, I don't like where this is going to go. I have so many questions. <laughs> so we're going to grab the wheel. Hey, I mean, what's, what's this? I don't understand. You're great. You're great. <laughs> Your great grandma was a hoochie. My great grandma, no, she had my. I mean, she had my grandma when she was like twenty. Was there any? Was there any twins, triplets, quadruplets? You talking my great great? What you call it? I don't know what they had going on. I don't even know them people. Was she a teenager? They got programs for teenage parents. But you know, back then they was kind of you know it was regular. Don't stop pop that cat kind of early. It was regular. Who knows? I don't even know what they were doing. So back Sarah then. Sarah Bryant Mama was fifteen years older than her. Never knew Sarah. She never knew her mom. Her's her oldest sister raised her. Well, Lord. Well, Lord. Have she was let's, the youngest. Let's play some more Christmas music. <laughs> Lighten the mood. Jesus. Can Stephen, we, what you want to hear? Can we uh Chris Brown? Chris Brown uh this Christmas? I feel like that's a I feel like that's a good that's a good one. You know, Steph, you kinda look like Chris Brown when you look at you with one eye closed. Yeah, some man on the flow. If he ain't, let me know. Run it. Let me see if he can run it, run it. Hang all the mistletoe I'm gonna get to know You better This Christmas And as we trim the tree How much fun it's gonna be Together this Christmas, the fireside is blazing bright. Whoa, uh, we're caroling through the uh, night. Whoa, whoa, this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for me.
So it was really his great, great, great grandma that was in slavery. Yeah, but I mean, we figured it out. Shit, our old people. Shit. All right, man. So my next uh, next call, next call. Look, y'all call. talking about shit. And um, so my uh my next song on this playlist, man. I'm gonna have to get into um, I'm gonna tap into one of my favorite Chris song, Christmas songs that people don't know is a Christmas song. So I like to put everybody on to it as a Christmas song. Because now that I said that, when you hear it, you hear it as a Christmas song. All hearts and mind clip. better not be no bullshit. It's never bullshit coming from me. So we're going to tap into Outkast, man. Play us ball. That's a Christmas song? Man, let me hear that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you going to pad Man, this scene was so thick. No rhymes. 77 Seville. L dog. Them but the blacks All the players All the hustlers I'm talking about black man Hell yeah You know what I'm saying? Yeah It's beginning to look a lot like wood Follow my every step Take notes on how I crap I'm about to go in depth This is the way I keep my season Here's my get to rep I can't To say the least No, no, it can't cease So I begin to piece my two and two together Got some snowy weather Have to find something to do better bet I set some traps so shut up that about some solid, solid, I got sick, park if it ain't real, ain't right. I'm like, no matter what the season, forever chill with Smith. I sent my fifth, I chill with Wes and got my reason. So tell me, what did you expect? You thought I'd break my neck to help y'all death? The, the, oh, no, I got nothing means of celebrating. I'm getting blizzard at Hojo, I got the hoochie waiting. I made it through another, you can't ask for nothing much more. It's outcast for the books, I thought you knew, so now you know, let's go. I'm 
So uh, so we'll close out with um with one last topic, man. The baby and uh is it Danny Lay? Is that I said? I don't know who that girl is. Danny Lay? Whatever you want to call. It. I think it's Danny. We'll Danny? we'll put a little respect on her name. The Danny Lee. Danny Lee. Danny Lee. That's the fancy name. It's Danny Lee. Fancy, I'm not um I'll come I'll come clean. I'm not a hundred percent up to uh snuff on this topic, but I saw you talk a good bit about it. Uh, so fill the people in on what's going on. The no, because I feel like the good bit that you saw was just me saying that people gave um, Danny a lot more um, grace grace than they gave Helen when she got dragged out the house. That's a fact. On Diary of a Mad Black Woman. That's um, <laughs> honestly, all I knew about the topic was that they got into it and he told her to get out the house. Yeah. Um. I purposely did not watch any of the videos um, as someone with kids. I felt like that wasn't my business. Right, right, right. And, wow, and every time I saw another video, yeah. I was like, why are they sharing this? Yeah. Like, I don't, we, because as a parent, y'all going through all of this now, and when the first birthday party come around, y'all going to be smiling for pictures. That's right? a fact, that's a fact. So that's I fact. just, I literally just kept saying, we don't need to know this. I don't know. All I knew was he said, put her out. But something that I will talk about was I didn't like this argument because apparently he said he put her out, but not the and people were saying, Oh, he put her and the baby out, and he was saying, No, she can leave, I'll keep the baby. As a parent, mm-hmm. I feel like society needs to stop saying that men can't take care of their babies. Mm-hmm. I agree hundred percent. The baby's three months old. Right. I was keeping landing by myself at three months old. Right. I was doing stuff with my daughter by herself at three months old. Okay, me and Stefan were roommates. So right. Stefan was also keeping landing with me <laughs> at three months right, old. Right. But I just thought that was weird. And I was like, that's the issue. Cause everybody's like on Twitter, they was like, Yeah, a man can't keep no baby at three months. Yes, the not, hell he can. What happens when your what happens when a man's wife died at child's birth? Look at the what, Kevin like, Hart movie. He, yeah. Like he literally keeps the baby from birth. Yeah. Like and, and I think this I think just the fact that we're saying that you're saying at least I kept my baby at three months old. Like the fact that you even have to say that. Like, it's, it's, it's your baby. Because people look at me yeah. as not being able to do what her, shout out www.activedad.com. Yeah, talk um, about, shout talk out about. to all the active dads out yeah, here. But it's about, like talk about it. It's a real thing. So yeah. I just I was like, this is very weird. Like the, but this is the world that we live in. They still yeah. look at men as okay, cool, y'all doing y'all doing more now. But and this is the fight for black for for just fathers in general. Like y'all doing a lot more now. I feel like this is a real fight. Like dads need rights too. Yeah, real, real. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got a lot of friends who dealing with. Um, I want to call their names out, but we got with shit. Me and you, you know what I mean. Shit, you know them too. Um, but that's dealing with something with his baby mama right now, right? And he's fighting for custody. Yeah, dealing with a whole situation with it, and um, 
you know what I mean? It's kind of, it, it's wild to watch because I'm seeing, and I don't want to get too far into it in case you listen. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Just seeing it and seeing that he's trying. He, he wants to do right. the right thing. And eventually he just said, fuck it. I'm just going to ask for a cousin. But it's crazy that this is what guys have to go through. You and, know, I'll, I'll, I'll speak on it from this, uh, from this standpoint. My mom works in a... I don't want to like put her out on front street, but like she works in a business that deals directly with right. uh, the enforcement of child yeah. of, of kids. Yeah. And she says like right now there are more, there are more dads fighting for kids than there are actual women fighting for the kids. So if that doesn't tell you something right there, I think there's been a shift. I think there's been a shift in mindsets. I think generals are completely out the window now. Yeah. Like completely out the window. Um, I had a uh, debate on, um, on Instagram yesterday, right? And the post basically was saying that um, players tell the truth. And mm-hmm. you're not a player. You can't tell the truth and still get your way. And I said, no, some bullshit. That's not how that works. But I said, and the person I was having a debate with, I was telling her, I was like, yo, like, women, when it became mainstream for women to juggle multiple niggas and all that. It's always been a thing. Yeah. But when it became accepted. City girls. Yeah, yeah. City girls, that whole mindset, Our right? Girl summers. Yeah, all that shit. When that started happening, they try to add these rules in. Like, well, you got to be honest. And I said, I said, no, it's different. It's a lot of niggas more willing to be side pieces or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a lot more niggas willing to be side pieces. A lot of people willing to be boyfriend number two. Yeah, absolutely. Because you think about it as a as a... This nigga, see, but I'm saying, but honestly, you, shit, you get the sex, you get all that shit, and I don't have to deal with you. Yeah, I can go on about my business. It's a niggas look at that as a win, but women don't. So I just think, you know, what I mean, even in that conversation, generals are gone completely. Um, and now it's a situation where it's like we're still trying to figure out and establish some kind of identity in yeah. our culture because you know, even our parents, like it was like the father's supposed to be the provider. Yeah, you know what I mean, and we knew that. And then women started making more and more money. Yeah. Like all those women rights marches and all that shit from back in the fifties, sixties, whatever. Like now that's really coming to fruition. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So now they're making some Yeah. So they don't need they don't need we know some girls that's making bank. No, that's a fact. And they spend money like drug dealers. They they absolutely do. Every last one. Everything at brunch. Don't matter. I got it. Get two more. French toast and grits. That's a fact. Who the fuck (laughs) gets French toast? French toast. And grits. Them folks told you bacon or sausage. Why are you ordering both? <laughs> Yo, no, let me get a sausage patty and give me They've some They've been hanging bacon around too. Tawanda. That's it, Tawanda and them. Because who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I eat all this shit. <laughs> I'm going to eat it all. <laughs> well, goddamn, Tawanda. Why the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we got to stop that. They've been hanging yeah, around. Yeah, man, take me home, you fucking drug dealer. Um, one last thing I want to talk about. I didn't see too much of your pain on it. But see, I like to watch, like, when you be talking shit on social media, because what yeah. make me laugh because I know you. Exactly. And, and it's and like... Thing, I talk shit just because I'm a shit talker. And right. people be, like, getting all up in their drawers yeah. about it. I I literally just just comment on Jasmine Saddis because she, she put... I don't put think pieces on the internet. This and other. I said no. I put a think piece, and then once people start commenting, I turn off the notifications and I go get drinks. Right. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> and, and shit. I mean, hell, I was fucking with you the other day. Can you put on Twitter about um, like posting, like finding out news 
yeah. about friends on social media. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, nigga, I found out you had a baby from <laughs> and I thought you were married on social media. You know, see, I found that out, nigga. I had to hear that through the grapevine. Sorry, I'm sorry. So I don't hear but nobody. She, nigga, told me he told Jordan. Well, I told Jordan. What the fuck they got to do with me? I was going to say, I was actually there. Yeah. I, mean, I think I held the ring. Yeah, you're a real friend. You're really one of my friends, that's why. You are. I, I think you are, too. I don't I don't feel like it. Um, but but, <laughs> but uh, so the point of the matter is, man, I saw a lot of posts about what happened to Astro World, right? And you had a little bit of a, a, a ministry on that. You felt like, is it that you felt like Travis should be absolved of blame or... You feel like shit's always a little rowdy there? With <clears throat> I've been to Astro World. Okay. Before. What's Not like? the Houston concert. Okay. You know, he calls his concerts Astro World. Um, for one, I don't want anything to come off as insensitive to what actually occurred. Right. Um the business in me looks at everything as a production. Mm-hmm. And I you gotta say, I mm-hmm. did feel that. Yes, he could have stopped the concert, but if I'm paying everybody and there's a, um, we have a committee, we have a, a plan of action, we have like documentation of everything. Uh, I watched a video that who knows um, created on Twitter, you know, around it to say there were two people that had the the authority to call off the show, um, that those people didn't call off the show. So I feel like let's focus. I just look at things from a business um, from a right. business standpoint. So let's look at it. From that aspect and say, okay, these things did not happen. He could have done that. But then the, even the videos that I saw that were going on while everything was going crazy, once the beat dropped for some of his music, the crowd was insane, like like bouncing, doing all these things. So just looking at it from an aspect of what he's seeing, I just thought of it like it was probably hard for him to be able to tell What's exactly going on? Because then there was a video when he saw somebody legit passed out. And he stopped. And he stopped the show. People that go to Travis Scott shows, let me put this out here. They're not high off weed. They're doing acid. LSD. They're doing all this wild stuff at these concerts. So it's kind of, they. you saw the videos, the ambulance is coming through the crowd and they're jumping on top. Of the, the ambulance and the security cars as they're trying to get the people. Right. As well. So I just I just looked at it from a, from a pro. he could be held accountable for some, but I just think the overall blame and there should not be a cancel campaign on him. No, I want to know like, are we paying him to be a security enforcement, or are we paying him to be an entertainer? Well, and and I I say that because he can't do both. Right. It, at the level that he is at, in right. in the level that his concerts or events go to. He cannot be both. He cannot be crowd control and entertainer. If I look out in the crowd, if I look out on the sea and I see waves thrashing, I don't know right. that one person is being trampled upon or nine people. If you have nine people being trampled upon, I can't tell that in a right. crowd of 100,000 people. Right. I can't tell that. Right. Like that and, and honestly, it is not my job to do that. Right. That's why we hire... That's why we hired the security for the stadium. That's why we have insurance for the stadiums or the or the event venues. That's why we have the event staff. That's why we have promotion groups. That's why we have those things there to In prevent place. that. So who, like my question more so is, who was there that was in charge of making sure 
or who is there in charge of crowd control? Absolutely. And I, and I agree. I think the main thing in that is, I see it twofold, right? Like, we grew up watching Michael Jackson concerts when niggas were passing out left and right. You know what I mean? And obviously, Ten ambulances on standby. And obviously, it's a different audience in them hearing, you know, Man in the Mirror versus Sickle Mode, right? Like, that's two different responses, you know what I'm saying? But um, in that, uh, I see two different things in two different schools of thought um, or trains of thought. Um, For Travis, no. He can't take all blame. But it's a Travis Scott show. And because of that, all blame is going to go to Travis Scott. Point blank, period. You know what I mean? I saw that even Drake is, is now wrapped up in some legal shit as well. You like know $2 I mean? billion dollars worth yeah, of lawsuits. Bills, and, and that's part of it, right? So for me, I don't think, you know what I mean, like Maude said, I don't think it should be a cancel thing. But I think just as black people, looking out for other black people, even way richer black people than Travis, like, hey, bro, like, y'all might want to tighten y'all shit up a little bit. Like, maybe on, on top of that, we got to realize that most of Travis, Travis Scott's following is it's more white people. Yeah, absolutely. People. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well. If, you, if you look at, if you, honestly, if you look at the population that got actually hurt or that were, you know, injured from or lost their lives, more it of is more white people. More of them yeah. were white people than they were yeah, I mean, no disrespect. I don't. I don't no, think like, that's yeah, to come yeah, off yeah. as disrespectful like, in, in a sense. None at all. Anything. Yeah, like, um, yeah. But goes out to like all of those who who literally sure. lost for people. Sure. For but sure. At the end of the day, like. And, but what about the thousands of people that broke the gate and on purpose and just hopped in there? Which is why the place was over capacity. From what I read, there were, as far as ratio wise, there was one officer per hundred people. Couldn't have been. And well, that, that was what. Apparently, they talked about how many, how many security was there. Gotcha. They Crazy. said that there was one per... So, officers actually physically there, Houston police, yeah. all that, to the crowd. Gotcha. It was one per 100. But, um, and they said, apparently, I don't know how true this is, because this is just kind of hearsay, people talking, um, you know what I mean, different you know, things coming out <laughs> about the concert. Apparently, a discussion was had that this may not be enough. Mm-hmm. Now, who they told that to, I don't know. I don't know if that yeah. was really said... But that's one of the stories floating is that they said you, because obviously you're a Houston artist, you're in Houston. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's this whole big production. You may need more security. Yeah. Um, apparently the venue itself hold 100,000 people. I, they said, I think they said there were 75,000 there, mm-hmm. but they're supposed to be, I guess, 25? I heard it was 50. Or 50. 25, 50. Like I said, these are just yeah. different just stories. Yeah, different numbers floating. Obviously, it's right. somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? Of all of that. Um, so I think that going forward, you know, for Travis, I mean, I think it's going to be eye-opening for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, oh, okay, like maybe I need to scale back this, that, and third. I mean, artists are artists, right? Yeah. So, you know, they want productions. They want this shit to look a certain way. You know what I mean? I want this over here, this over there, because it's the only way I get into my lane. Yeah. And, and can be the artist that they want, right? Because obviously concerts are just me bringing my music to life. Yeah, you right. hear the album, you hear the song, then I go see you in concert. I want to see. I want to visualize. Yeah, this. I want to see the song that I heard on this album I love so much, right? Right. So I, I think for him, it's going to be an eye-opening thing. I don't really place blame on him. Do you, Specifically, I place blame on the entire yeah, I just production. Think, I, Everybody. I think the, the entire um, 
Everybody like, involved. Anyone, everybody anyone involved. In this, just like any, this is yeah, a, yeah. a, a, a I don't sound like I'm at work. This is a coachable moment. Yeah. For like, everything. It is. Um, no, you like, know, just to figure out, you know, when you when those things are done. Because I and I'm gonna send you guys a video that I did watch because it's like and this was during when everything was going on. He performs another song and like once the beat drops, the crowd goes crazy. Right. So I'm like and they're like, oh, people were screaming. I'm not a performer. They got earpieces. That, I was about to say that brings me that brings me back to my point. It was like he can't tell what is going because on. Because it looks like the no and to, and people go, getting crazy. I haven't been to a lot of festivals. I haven't been to any festivals like right. that. Yeah. But from what I know, a lot of people that do go to festivals and they're like, that's normal behavior. Go to a Kanye concert. That's you why can't that's tell what's that's going honestly, on. honestly, as much as I love music, that's why I don't go to festivals. Because I know what the crowd's gonna look like. And I just don't want to be in that mix. Like you, Coachella. You, you like, give Uncle some good stadium seating. Yeah. Uh, real shit. Because like you talk about Coachella and all, I can't nah. Can't I gotta stand here all day. I gotta be in this crowd. We bump like yeah. they show what those crowds look like. You can go on YouTube and see people doing vlogs of their yeah. weekend at Coachella. Listen, I know it's gonna see be crazy they when they was busting through the walls to buy two hundred dollar t shirts. Yeah. Like when they was when they were literally breaking the barriers down to to buy. Not even witness, but to buy two hundred right. when I went to his t-shirts. when I went to his concert in Charlotte, like no, the merch line, I did get a shirt, yeah. but it was like insane. Mm-hmm, I did. I was, I was actually on the floor, and then when you know when oh. Travis started doing his thing, it was a little too rowdy for Uncle. Hey, take me back. You got money. <laughs> you got but money. Mom, I actually was like, nah, it was, it was a birthday gift. Shout, shout out to Ed for birthday tickets. Okay, but um. Sure it was. They they started getting a little too crazy. Still money the in their house stuff. Don't they, let them fool. Don't started, be distracted. It's they, money they in the started, house. You know, we, we do good. We break even. But um, <laughs> now we break even. <laughs> we break even. That's what Jeff Bezos said. I'm gonna too. use that. I'm gonna use that for now. <laughs> break, you know, I break, break even. We break, break even. Elon Musk. We break even. I, I spend what I make. We but now even. once once they started all that jumping the mountains, Uncle had to go back to his seat. Mm-hmm. I'm too old for that. Okay, Uncle. But to y'all's point, to y'all's point, I will say this. Ain't nobody trying to sue Crime Mob when they perform Nucky Buck and niggas get their ass beat in the crowd. No. And we see it all the time. I know no. niggas that got at the progressive that got beat like, that got, night. Got that ass. No, stopped. that's a fact. It's it's a, very bad. Yeah, <laughs> like it's night. certain songs that elicit them type of emotions and that type of behavior. And you ain't calling suing motherfuckers for that. No. So not. so because of that, we can't necessarily I mean, again, we live in a cancel culture, right? You know what I mean? Dave Chappelle talked about it. Like we live in a cancel like culture. Though. I've been streaming Travis just to get my boy some streams. Just yeah, not that is. I don't. I don't. Number one, was stormy. Number one, you can't cancel anybody. And first and foremost, no one's going to be canceled. You can't. Niggas talking about canceling Tory Lanez, and then I can go on a Tory Lanez album and see all the people still listening. You can't cancel. You can't cancel the. You can't cancel the baby. You can't you cancel can, anybody because he like he do it really, to you. He'll post everybody that want to come to his concert. The baby really. R. Kelly. People. People said they want to cancel R. Kelly. Is somebody out of West Savannah? Yeah, he does. He does. He does. That's why. That's why I empathize. I'm like he. He. He don't know better. Yeah. Yeah, he's from, like yeah, he from Summerside. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but Ma, ain't that where you grew up? <laughs> I did not. I don't. I don't yeah, know. He, he didn't know people out of Summerside. Yeah, he actually did grow up in Summerside, <laughs> but it just, oh. it's just where Renee. It's where Renee settled. <laughs> oh, um, it's the settlement foundation. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, was it don't was. put my mom business out there like that. Yeah, don't worry, I'll beep it out. My mom was like, "Why am I in it? I'll beep it out. Why, Why am I, I in, in it? it? Why am I in it? I ain't even doing nothing. I ain't doing nothing. But nah, it's a real shit. Um, you know, I just. I don't know, man. It's it's funny to watch. You can't cancel anybody. Is the point yeah. to begin with? So I mean, the only people, only people who really got canceled are Kelly. 
But even in the midst of but his legal still, shit, they but they paused his Nike shoes. And who's at, who's at his concerts? Who concerts? Arcade's okay. concerts. Who's going? The colors. Black aunties was right there. The Piss on me, baby. Mm. You, 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 you. Oh, you know I. Song, still. Oh no, baby. Sorry, anybody that may get offended. I don't care. My way. I see Stefan now. They about to cancel stuff. Yeah, Stefan, don't, don't say that on the spot. I'm gonna beat that out. <laughs> that nigga's nasty. My Stefan, somebody give me a Christmas song. Um, Let's get the fuck out Destiny of here. Destiny's Child, Eight Days of Christmas. I knew that was gonna come. Hey. Eight Days of Christmas. That's a good one. I'm in love. I feel like like boys and men got like. So uh, I'm gonna hop right into mine, man. Without you know any any further ado, man. So I'm gonna tap into the guy himself, man. One of my favorite artists. Uh, we're gonna go to Gucci, man. Uh, Saint Bricks and Saint Brick intro. Jesus. Only at the 
Man, our Gucci man, Saint Bricks intro. Um, I want to go ahead and thank, uh, thank Mod and uh, his stuff, man, for coming out. Uh, Yo. Yeah, man, appreciate y'all, fellas, for sure, for sure, man. Dope episode, man. Um, got Anytime, some, Brody. No, yeah, we got you, man. Uh, of course, of course, man. I uh, got into some topics um, that I didn't even have on the list, man. That mental health topic really went a, a real cool direction. Did you let the spirit lead you? Yeah, man. Gotta let God carry me, man. That's what I'm here for. Um, I'm just, just a servant. Just a servant. Um, anything y'all wanna leave the people with? Um No. Just be the best version of yourself. Okay. Everybody. Be the best version of yourself, man. And do not wait till January one to start your goals. January one is now. That's a fact. If you're gonna wait till January one to start your goals, you already failed. That's a fact. Like just go ahead and start grinding now. Let's get it. I don't even think January first on Monday. So how about that? Steph, what you got? Just be great. Mm-hmm. Everything you do, just be great. That's all I got. Yeah, man. And, and I'll just say what I always say, man. Again, life is hard, man. Being rich is hard. Being broke is hard. Uh, being fat is hard. Being in shape is hard. Either way, pick your heart, man. But that shit going to grind. It's going to be a grind no matter what. Uh, once again, this is the Untitled Podcast. If you fuck with it, fuck with it. If you don't, don't you worry peace. about it, bitch. I know somebody like it. Nah, that's a fact. So. All hearts and minds are clear. Everybody feeling good, man. Feeling great. So, uh, again, that's episode 40. Uh, see y'all next week. Uh, Merry Christmas, you motherfuckers. Don't spend too much money. Uh, God bless y'all, man. See y'all next week. I don't want a lot for Christmas.